0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we continue our conversation with Eric Prince, a travel journalist. In this episode, we talk about reflecting back as a kid and how it can help us as an adult. We talk about nap time, our imagination, and what can be possible when we rise up through our own chaos eric recently posted on his insta story that he is back in action so be sure to follow him on instagram and youtube to check out new content that he will be actively sharing let's not delay this inspirational conversation please welcome eric prince oh i love that So you spoke about a time when you were back in the US and being back reminded you of a lot of things and many of them sad and frustrating but you continued on saying how you're reminded of the importance of what you are doing, how you offer the opportunity for people to see the world, you give a glimmer of hope and it reminded you of the 10 year old that once read National Geographic and Reader's Digest and how in a time of anger we will be served well by taking a step back and talking to our 10-year-old self. Um, do you think your 10-year-old self is proud of you?
1: I'd be my hero. <laughs> like, yes. you look I mean, honestly, it, it was it was I I really really truly believe that if if I had met myself at 10, 11, 12, 13 and I had a chance to talk to myself, I wouldn't believe me. I really would not believe the life that I lived cuz none of this was even a, a blink in my mind at that age. I never thought I'd get that far away from Cleveland necessarily, um, and because you know you're not taught that. You know you're not taught to dream that big. You didn't see anybody like us doing what I'm doing, uh, and, and, and you look back and I'm like, my God, if more people, like we we weren't divided by sexuality then, we weren't divided by politics then, we weren't divided by nationality We were just trying to navigate the world and learn as much as possible we all we cared. think about this at 10 years old this is what we cared about we cared about having as much fun as possible with the people that we loved and we cared about we were trying to learn and discover as much as possible and we wanted to eat really good food that's what we that's what we wanted to do as kids there was nothing else that existed that was our entire mentality and our entire day like my my favorite time was nap time at school i love taking naps like, I love taking naps because I could dream about really cool stuff to do. And then I would get up and I would make blocks. And I would kick them over and then make them. again. It was like that excitement that is heartbreaking that so many people have lost that. And life is a bitch. Like, life is rough. Life is really rough. You know, And I know anybody who's listening to this, like, oh, Eric, it's easy for you to say because you're living a dream, blah, blah, blah. Yo, I was in war. Two wars, five five tours of duty. Trust me, I know pain and suffering and conflict and negative side. I grew up in East Cleveland in the 80s and 90s. I'm very well aware of how rough life is and can be. But if you step back out of this chaos that we have as adults now, out of this ego that we've built up around ourselves, making ourselves the center of the universe, and by proxy where we're from the center of the universe, we start to see how small we truly are, we, we start to see how limited our time is here, and we start to appreciate the little things, the very little things that make life truly worth living. It, it's, it's baffling, man, I, I saw a uh, report that the average age of retirement in the US was 67, and the average age of death was 78. So you work about 49 to 50 years to get to a point, where you kind of have the time to travel and by that time, most people aren't even physically able to go and given how the US pension system works now, can't even afford to explore. You gotta step back. You have to step back and say, okay, what would I have done if I was 13 years old, let's not even say 10, if I was 13 years old and I have this privilege, this freedom we have a freedom now. We have a freedom to do whatever we want. No matter, the job you're in is the job you chose. The family dynamic you have is the family dynamic that you chose. And I'm talking to everybody in their 20s and 30s at this point. The, 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 like the decisions that you have made are your decisions. You can change those. It's not society's fault at this point. It's not your environment, it's, it's you. And this is really tough for a lot of people to hear, like most people aren't told it's your fault. It's on you and you have to shift and adjust. Whenever you run into these problems and these issues in life, ask yourself, what did I do to contribute to those or perpetuate that? And then what did I do to fix it or change it? And then we can start looking externally. As kids, this is what we do as children. We look at the adults around us for for guidance. But ultimately, we are like, okay, I, I'm not going to touch that fire anymore because I learned that it's hot. It feels like as adults, we've, we forget how to learn our lesson. And we keep doing the same silly stuff over and over. Social media. Number one rule of social media, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. And what do we do? We read the comments. Social media is toxic. Social media is is, is can social media is bad. It's giving us body image. What do we do? We log in every single day. It was something like a report came out that people touch your phone two thousand times on average a day. They tap it around two thousand average times. I have to relook at the research. I was like, that, that looks like that sounds a little bit high. But when I think about it, I'm like, huh. If you think about every swipe that you make, and whatever sets you do, I'm like, ooh. I mean, that's easily, you know, 50 times. I pick up my phone, swipe through, boop, 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 gone. I was like, oh, my goodness. So when I think back to myself when I was a kid, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and I think to what what I'm doing today, I would truly be my hero. I would I would truly strive to be like me when I grew up. And I think everybody should look at it that way. Like, ask yours, are you truly proud of who you are now? And, you know, we get into this, you know, this give and take to, oh, you know, um, you know I, I worked hard for this amount of time and I did this company. But would you be proud? Would you be happy with that? If it all ended right now, would you be happy with the legacy that you leave behind? Like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people could say yes to that, you know. So, you know, to answer your question, you know, the only way around is, yes, I would be my absolute hero and look up to myself and want to be just like me.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I absolutely appreciate that you're willing to say people are not, you know, they're pointing to other things. Oh, it's that fault. It's the fault of that. It reminded me of a, uh, a poem that a man by the name of Ray Hunt had recited. He did not write the poem. He recited it. It was a man in the mirror. And it basically came down, stop pointing the finger and start pointing the thumb. And so mm-hmm. when you were saying that, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I need to I sing mean, it. It, I'll...
1: It, it. It's yeah it you know i mean and this isn't new like this this isn't a new idea and or or a concept you know i was in the military for ten and a half years and i mean that is drilled in us from day one like it's on you like this is all on your shoulders and by you being by you being accountable for your actions you maintain the structure of your squad of your team every single person is responsible for themselves and the reason that we go so hard on ourselves is because our ability to ensure that our team is strong and solid you know it goes back to the concept of the weakest link like if everybody's strong we're gonna be all right we're gonna be good and you know like that's what it comes down to you know it, it's you know extreme ownership i always say it was jocko willick um you know, absolutely adore his book and it was like extreme ownership what did i do to cause this situation and what can i do to get out of it
0: I love that. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yes. Now you, you've mentioned with just this conversation and also, um, your 10 year anniversary of your career, how does it feel to look back on the past 10 years? Is there a particular experience that stands out to you?
1: I'm old. It
0: feels like I'm You're old. far from old. You're far from old.
1: <laughs> but you know what? Um, it will, it, 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 it it validated a lot of the choices now you know and, and, and this is the interesting thing and I've, I've been reflecting on this uh, a lot a lot of people and I see a lot of people with this idea and you know I briefly touched on it it's like oh you know it's easy for you to say um, it's easy for you to say well yeah it's easy for me to say in hindsight but those of us who started this over a decade ago we did we didn't know what we were doing we just took a, a chance on us we took a risk on us. Uh, I, I didn't care about algorithms. I didn't care about the market. I didn't care about anything. I, I, I believed in me and my work ethic and my drive and my determination and, and, and my ability to adapt and evolve and change and survive. I'm like, I'm going to eat. That, that was never a, a, a mystery about me. I can grow my own food. I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. I, I, I'm, I'm from, I, I grew up from the dirt. I, 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 I'm a rose. Like, I, I'm, that's where I'm from. That's how I'm built, you know. And, you know, I look at today, you know, I was talking to my partner today. We were having dinner before this. And we were having a discussion about, uh, you know, masculinity, femininity, um, the, the war on men, as they call it, and uh, all these conversations. And, you know, one of the points, I, one of the things that I brought up is I, I think that there is, um, there was a young man that I was talking to. He was asking about toughness how do you develop toughness and 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 if he had to like uh, you know join the military or 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 fighting wars or conflicts like, like like me and several others have and i'm like a it depends on how you define toughness and b i think the world is significantly different as we evolve as a species life gets easier that's just what that's who we are as a as humans like life is not the same as it was 50 years ago is definitely not the same as it was 500 years ago and every generation is going to say that the new gen the common generation has a way easier blah 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 but i think that when you look back on the world 10 years ago versus now i think there's significantly more access to information i think people are more open to different perspectives Um, I believe that there's a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of negative bias, but I think ultimately people generally are just good. And I have a 10-year career traveling around the world to prove this fact. You know, people on TikTok or social media can run their mouths all they want, but very few of them have a resume to back it up the way that I do. And I I, I can't think of one travel journalist who walks around with a negative worldview bias. I don't know one of them at all. I know war journalists who literally go to conflict and get shot at for a living who have a positive outlook on the world. Humanity is amazing. People are phenomenal. It's institutions that are the problem.
0: We are going to take a quick break and when we come back we will have more from our guest Eric and we're going to discuss auditing your friends, and the importance of paying attention to who you spend your time with and why it matters. The goal for any business is to grow and reach a new level. Get there faster by being an authority in your industry with a video docu-series. Using video, you can showcase you, your business, your staff, products and services, and most importantly, your why. Building relationships is key and a high quality video can give existing and potential clients a way to get to know you. It also allows you to build a connection that results in increased sales. If you would like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video, contact girlbossproductions.com today. Does your website have content that was created by your cousin Danny back in 2008? It sounds like it's time for a refresher. With Girl Boss Copywriter, we work with you to learn about you and your business. We strive to create content that will help you build community and relationships with your existing and prospective clients. With web pages that convert clicks into sales, email sequences that engage your database, you deserve to grow and build your business so that you can live the life you dreamed when you started your business. Working as a Girl Boss doesn't mean you have to live the hustle culture. It means you recognize when you need to delegate tasks so you can focus on what you do best and let others do the rest. Want to know more about how to have an engaging website and utilize your email list to convert sales and grow your business? Go to GirlBossCopywriter.com. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Eric, and he shares how he experiences similarities when he travels to foreign countries compared to where he grew up and how people are a lot alike no matter where you go and how that can bring you comfort in your own journey.
1: It's division that's the problem. It's how we've allowed these institutions, like certain governments, uh, certain uh, political organizations, certain multinational corporations to dictate and direct how we view each other. like, you can't tell me, Pepsi, how I'm going to talk to Lucretia, like you don't tell me how to view her like you know who whatever the you know, republican party or democratic party you don't tell me how i look at native americans or i'll look at middle class white men i do that from experiencing these communities from interacting with them from talking to them from having human to human conversations and my perspective is not one of an american anymore I, the the longer this goes on is the, the longer my career goes. The less I feel American, if that makes sense, because I think there is a very distinct cultural norm within the U.S. that is very individualistic, where we generally think about ourselves, and that benefited us for a very long time. Is you know America first, and me and my family, and I have to do what's right for us versus I have to do what's right for all of us globally because once you're out here, you're, you start to see. I'll give you a, an example. I did a job uh, with, a, uh, now is a great friend of mine, who, Donna. Donna is 67 and from Boston, Massachusetts and never left the United States. Uh, there was a, or the, are you familiar with AAA in the US?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yep. AAA owns a travel company um, called Club Adventures. So uh, they invited me to uh, create videos and photos for their new tour of Cambodia and Vietnam. And we were there for, I, I believe it was 12 days, a 12 day tour, 10 or 12, I can't recall. This was right before COVID happened. And we did a tour of the Mekong Delta. Like we're literally on a boat, just me, me Donna and our guide. Mind you, this is a older, older conservative woman from Boston, Massachusetts. And it was just me and her on this boat with a Cambodian, uh, when we were in Cambodia, uh, because we also went on the boats in Cambodia, um, and a Vietnamese man who's teaching us about not only his country, but the plight of these communities along the Mekong Delta. So a lot of people don't know who actually controls the Mekong River. It's China. China has built dams at the very beginning of the Mekong Delta where they can shut off the flow of an entire river that goes through countries and that impacts these communities. It's something that there's no reason that a young black kid in Cleveland would ever know that. So for me to be able to have the opportunity to go to Vietnam and be here and talk to these fishermen who've been fishing these waters for generations now they have to what do we do now they have to hope that the chinese government thinks, feels like it's profitable to open the dams to let water in nature for them to be able to make a living and you know while it's it's far it's complicated you know of course um social economics and geopoliticals and conflict and all that stuff but humanity is very simple people want to be able to take care of their families They want to be able to eat. They want to be able to worship how they choose. Very, very simple across the board. And there are so many institutions that are taking those things away. And in my 10 years, I have started to see how it's not only an American problem, not only a Thai problem, not only a Korean or Chinese problem. It's a global problem. And these institutions tend to be the issue beyond the people.
0: Wow, what an amazing experience. I love that. And that's kind of scary for those fishermen to not have any control over the problem. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And you you posted um in an Insta story, which I love your Insta stories, um, talking about more ethical travel, healthy living, sustainability. You're going to be celebrating a birthday soon, so happy birthday to you. <laughs> and you talked about oh, the, you. <laughs> the different people who have helped you on your journey, and you gave like quite a really impressive list. And one that stuck out, stood out to me, and I hope I don't say her name right um, incorrectly, was Anika Raymond. With On Onika.
1: Oh yeah, Onika. Yeah, Onika. How
0: did you? Yeah, how did you meet her, and how has she supported you through your career? You
1: know, Onika. There are very few people who started this career before I did, and she was one of them. I want to say Onika started maybe two years before I did, two and a half. When she was, she was a teacher in Hong Kong, I believe. And Onika has been. And that's the that's the thing about uh, being from a marginalized community, is that you have this common cultural bond. And me and Onika were friends online forever. We were just friends, and we just kind of shared stories and information, and we just started to meet up in different places around the world, and in New York, in London, in Paris, and like we just kept meeting up and just became close, personal friends. And... One of the things that really bonded us is Onika has a significantly more um, calm demeanor than I do. I generally say whatever pops in my head at the moment, but she's a lot more strategic about her uh, narratives. And she also understands about where, um, how to place your energy, places to put your energy. And you know she'll calm me down, and, and you know Onika is a great example, and Yolanda uh, from Hey Dip Your Toes On, Yolanda runs Hey Dip Your Toes In uh, with her husband um, Omo, and she's the very she's the same. So two black women who are the, two of the only people in the world that can kind of keep me from going off on organizations and people, and you know I think Onika is like Hey, do you think this is best? to handle publicly or privately. Maybe you can handle this behind the scenes, maybe you can do a lot more change. And nine and a half times out of 10, I agree with her and I take her route and it turns out to be the best idea. Um, And not only from a professional standpoint, just from a personal standpoint, to have somebody who understands the journey. Um, as a professional travel journalist, as a full-time traveler, and as a person of color, uh, navigating the world, um, navigating our industry, um, she has been nothing more, nothing, just a sister. She is my sister from another mister. And I, you know, I love her, I appreciate her, but she will be at the top of the list of people who have helped me, um, which is why I mentioned her right out the gate, because Onika has really... Um, She's kept me out of a lot of trouble over the years, and I consider her family.
0: Yeah, she's, I don't know her personally, but what I've seen in her feed, and she's willing to respond to people, she seems like a very generous, kind person.
1: Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, Phenomenal. And just insanely talented. Just... It it's annoying how talented she is and, and multilingual and like she just picked up German because she took a nap and woke up and decided to learn German. It's it's insane. Her husband her husband's phenomenal also, um who's also who's German, but like she's just an impressive human being.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that she's there to support you throughout all these different experiences that you've had. That's phenomenal. Now you did a no, video
1: it was, about- I um I was no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, No, no, got, no, got, go,
0: go,
1: go, 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 ahead. go. You go, you go. Oh, oh, no, no, so it was interesting. Um, I made a point, uh, and, and this was recently. Uh, uh, I believe you should surround yourself with friends who you want to be like when you grow up. Um, I'm a firm believer that your friends represent who you truly are. Um, if you're surrounded by toxins, oh, my friends are toxic and always complaining and always broke, you need new friends. But if you surround yourself with creative hard work and motivate I'm like my god like I look at my friends group I'm like yo I got to get back to work I was like I I I have to keep up with the, the the people that I love I was like I can't I can't show up to the gathering without some cool stories too like it, it it's just one of those it it motivates you and it helps you and it puts you in that that mindset um, like you really are, and, and this is why so many people get stuck where they grew up, like because you're surrounded by the same kind of people doing the exact same thing, and it just becomes a cycle. But when you surround yourself with people who are moving and shaking and trying to progress and trying to be better, and you know, who, who are studying different languages and exploring the world and being better photographers and being creativity, it's only going to rub off on you just by proximity, and it's going to just inspire you and, and give you access uh, to. Uh, Different forms of uh, information and different perspectives on life. So, yeah, like uh, probably one of the biggest tips I give people is you have to audit, constantly audit your friends group. If there's somebody around you, I don't care if you grew up together. I don't care if your blood relatives, if they are not making you better, you got to walk away. You got if they're causing strife and you got to keep it moving because you cannot allow them to bring you down.
0: Absolutely. Yes facts right there. Is, I, I hear very successful people talk about this, about how I think it's like the top five people that you spend time with is your influence. And whether that's your personal friends oh, yeah. or someone, yeah. a comedian or podcaster, like it's influencing you. And I love that you recommend auditing oh, yeah. that. 'Cause I think a lot of people don't and they're like, Oh, you know, Timmy over there, he's fine, even though we just got him out of jail again for the fifth time. Like, how is that affecting And even
1: sometimes that audit that audit can be a wake up call. I've had friends who I was like, Look, man, I love you but I can't I I, I can't there was there was a, a really good friend of mine who, who I love him to this day and I miss him. We haven't spoken oof god at least four years now and because he ended up getting involved in some very seedy things, some very um, painful stuff, rude, disrespectful. And I'm like, look, man, uh, I believe my friends are a representation of me. Everything you're about right now does not represent me and I can't be involved. If you decide to be friends again, if you decide to walk away from this, this, this stuff, then I'm here for you. But otherwise, you know, we can't be friends. He understood it and he kept on that path, change. There was a family member who was being very toxic, who had a lot of bad habits. And I'm like, look, until you get better, um, I've offered you help. You haven't taken it. Until you get better, I won't be in your life. And I walked away. Six months later, they were getting better. And to this day, they're they're doing amazing. And you know, sometimes the you know that reality that they can lose somebody they love or care about can be the catalyst for change. You can't change a person who doesn't want to change themselves but you can decide if you want to allow that person to drag you down or not.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to uh, switch gears over to a video that you did about Romanian barbecue. Now that video, I really enjoyed it because it wasn't because <laughs> your video was journalistic, but it was conversational and it was really a lot of fun to watch and like I felt like I was part of we experience and I was
1: just curious how does Romanian barbecue compare to Texas barbecue oh come on oh, okay now, now now you're getting out of control you're getting <laughs> out of control because nowhere compares to Texas barbecue uh, you gotta calm down here a little bit but you know what Honestly, you know the cool thing about uh, traveling the world um, is that you see similarities very quickly um, and, and it is like Romanian barbecue it's pretty solid, they, they, they don't know how to season their meat worth, and they don't use a lot of sauces, but you know, it's, it's solid, you know um, my, the, I think the videos you were talking about are um, so, um, the, the main person in those videos, his name is Aline Popescu and Aline is now one of my best friends, and me and Aline met on a mountain Top in Northern Romania called Piatra Nimmt, and we just became friends, we just became best friends um, and he was like, "You want to make me the godfather of his, his son, his twin son. That's why I was actually there. Um, one of the videos was uh, like "Seeing my Romanian godson. So it's a, run, it's a run of joke. Everybody's like like yo,' like you're more Romanian than most Romanians are. And you know I go out to Slobozia, uh which is um, you know, a couple hours away from uh, Bucharest and like i'm walking around this town with these two little white romanian uh twins pushing a shoulder um people thinking i'm like the nanny from africa it, it was just so much fun and like being in that. Va- like alene re- and, and, uh, aside from a million reasons why i love alene alene does not have a bigoted or racist bone in his body if you look at alene alene looks like an extra from sons of anarchy He's got this big long beard and like uh, wears a motor like motorcycle vest all the time and like but he's a wildlife photographer. He photographs birds, and like he's a he, I mean it, it's a of joke. I always uh, he taught me 21.3 percent of the things I know about photography. He's just a brilliant photographer. Um, but you know his he's got his wife. He's got his kids. But it's just who he is as a human to welcome everybody in to welcome people in. He brought me in like a brother, like family and everybody around him brought me in like a brother and family. His mom, his daddy, it was just, I, I go there and his father makes me, his father always tries, his father-in-law always tries to get me drunk. Uh, his, his mother always <laughs> make me this, this uh, dish called salate de bouffe. And it's a running joke. is it, like, it is a, uh, it's salate de bouffe with chicken. Like, cause bouffe sounds like beef, but salate mm-hmm. de bouffe is made with chicken. So it's like a rutted joke i'm running around eating like out a tub and to um, so an American salatte so de bouuf is basically a uh, potato salad with meat in it that 's what it is. So just imagine a potato salad with shredded uh, chicken in it. This is absolutely delicious and I just walk around eating this stuff, and like like people are like, what who is this guy and when I, I remember when I started doing those Romania videos, Romanians loved it because they were like, Thank you so much for showing our country." And our culture in this way, I'm not out there doing. Oh, these are the top ten things you're doing Bucharest, and this is why. No, I'm showing Romanians. I'm letting Romanian people tell the story. This is why I've all I've always said that Anthony Bourdain is one of the greatest journalists of all time, and he doesn't get the credit he deserves because what Anthony Bourdain did was he ne- Anthony Bourdain never told the story of the place. Anthony Bourdain allowed the place to tell the story. If you look back at his work. Locals told they taught the entire time the locals were teaching. He was just the catalyst But locals taught you about Thai cuisine. They taught you about Burmese cuisine They taught you about French cuisine. He just so happened to be the guy and that's how I approach it I'm like look let me let Romanians tell you what Romania is like because somebody going as a tourist to Transylvania is not gonna truly be able to tell you what it's like there. But somebody who grew up there in Sibiu, uh, and, and you know, the, the deputy mayor of Sibiu, now a really good friend of mine, he, we, became, well, we became friends before he was deputy mayor, but he became the deputy mayor of his hometown and he was doing uh, tourism before and that's how we actually met, he was doing tours. And we just became friends and the pride that he had in his home Just inspired me to, I was like, look, I just need to shut up and let the place tell the story. Just be, just be here and just spend time here and and let it wash over me and absorb me. So it's like those videos, when you look back at, when I look back at those videos, I see friends, I see family, I see commonality, I see amazing food. I see the exact same thing that I grew up in. I see this, I hear the exact same conversations that we have. Oh, the kids are getting so big. Oh, where are we gonna send the kids to school? What are we gonna have for dinner? Oh, when's the next gathering? Whose house are we gonna do that? The stories are identical. The food is the same. The love and the energy is identical. And I think that's why people really gravitate towards those videos. And I think that's just why I, that's part of why I enjoy travel so much.
0: I love it, absolutely. Please make more, we need that. <laughs> And what equipment are you using? I will. I will. (laughs) Yes, please. What equipment do you use?
1: You know, I I go through these these equipment porn phases, as I like to call them. You know, uh, I am a Sony guy. Uh, I used to be Canon. Uh, I actually started my photographic career on actually way back. I was Nikon. I was on Nikon film. Then once digital took over, I switched to uh, uh, Canon digital. So the first two years of my career, I was actually on Canon. Then my Canon 7D got wet in Panama City, right <laughs> by, the, by on a harbor, I'll never forget this place. And it died. So I needed a camera because I was on assignment. So I go to the camera shop and they were all out of Canon. So they had the new Sonys. So I was like, okay, I can shoot anything. So I bought the digital Sony thinking I was gonna get something else when I got back home. Nope, been with Sony ever since. Uh, So I shoot the, for photography, I shoot the uh, Sony a7IV. For vlogging, I use the Sony ZV-1. But a lot more now, I use my phone, the S21 Plus now. I do most of the modern vlogs that I've done within the last few months, that's been with my phone. And I'm really considering just doing vlogs on my phone now because it pretty much... I'd say 85% of the stuff that I need it for, I can do it on my phone. And, you know, when it comes to this, the lighter, the better, you know, the faster you move, the better. And i really honestly think that phones have finally caught up to a point where they can produce some pretty quality vlogs. That's
0: amazing. But photography is
1: always going to be, it's always going to be a big boy mirrorless on my hip.
0: Nice. Nice. And how do you find your assignments and how do you find work?
1: I'm at a point in my career where they kind of come to me. Uh, I'm, like I, 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 look at my inbox and I always have, you know, five, six different job offers, uh, from photography to vlogs to, um, website advertisement stuff. Um, and I'm blessed to actually have a, a pretty good size Rolodex now, uh, with contacts at most of the major publications. If I have an idea, I usually have a direct line to a lot of editors or decision makers. Um, if I'm going, going through a freelance phase where I kind of want to do some cool stuff uh, like I am right now coming out of COVID. um, I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, conferences like uh, World Travel Market in London, uh, ITB in Berlin. I ended up, I want to say I get a good 30% of my work from those as a influencer. Um, And this whole influencer thing basically just gets me in the door to tell uh, journalistic stories. So I kind of use that. And Also, just word of mouth, uh, being in the community, being engaged in the community, and uh, really teaching. I do a lot of teaching um, at a lot of conferences. I absolutely adore teaching photography, um, and specifically street and travel photography. That's what I am, a street and travel photographer, and I get a lot of jobs from that. Uh, Photography is not dead. Everybody thinks it is, but there's still a massive market for, for, for photography and for actual storytelling in photography. So yeah, most of my, uh, but I will say most of my work definitely comes from having such a uh, long career and a pretty good size back catalog. I love that.
0: What motivates you to keep going? Uh, uh,
1: Negativity. Uh, Every time I see, uh, and and that's where I'm at right now, that answer would probably change tomorrow but right now is i'm seeing so much negativity in the world and i just want to show people that no it's not that bad it's it's not that depressing it's not that painful like there's so you just got to change your your perspective your location um, what you're consuming your content um and it's driving determination um, you brought up earlier about uh, my transition into uh, looking after myself and health and wellness and ethical tourism and travel. Um, last February, I lost my grandmother and my father. They both passed away. Oh, I'm
0: so sorry. And
1: it, it put me it put me in a a really rough place because this year I'm about to be forty, and losing them at that point in my life the two people who had been the most important adults uh in my world it, it left this massive hole because it it made me come face to face with my own mortality something i never had had to really do even as a soldier i never had to really face my mortality because i'm immortal like that, that that's just how our brains are until you start to lose the people who raised you, who built you, who made you who you are. And it put me on this path where, what's my legacy? When it's all said and done, what is my legacy? Um, And I want my legacy to be be one of positivity, of love. Um, when, When it's all over for me, you know, you look at you know, all the celebrities who are passing away within the last 10 years. This, these are my childhood, this, you know, David Bowie and you know, Prince and Michael Jackson and all these are just amazing creatives and artists who have who gone now. I uh, was like, oh my God, like this, these, these people helped shape who I am as a person. What is my legacy gonna be when my time's up which could be five minutes from now? I want it to be one where people look back like, man, that guy lives. He didn't just exist, but he lived life, you know, in, in, in a world that's constantly telling you how angry you should be about every damn thing. You, you flip on social media and it's like, hey, you should be mad about this thing. I want <laughs> right. to be that thing where you turn on YouTube or you turn on Instagram. and You're like, yo, like, check this out. Like, check out this amazing meal. Like, check out this wonderful waterfall. Check out this great story. Like, check this out. Hey, you want to go? Let me teach you how. Let me show you the, the way and the possibilities and the opportunities. Like, hey, let me show you this person's story and how they got there and what they're doing. Like, we we, we constantly complain. We constantly complain about this negativity bias in these stories. I just want to be something different. I just want to be something else. I just want to be an alternative to what's what's being pushed around out there because negativity, that is toxic. And it's easy. Negativity yeah. is so easy. It's a lot more impressive to be positive and loving and high energy and focused and driven and determined than it is to just be angry and negative and blame everything and everybody else. So, you know, I wake up in the morning with a smile on my face like right? because I, I won. I already won. Yeah. I woke up. It's all downhill from here. The hard part's over. Right. I woke up because <laughs> so many people didn't. If Great. you really think about it, how many people we know who won't wake up tomorrow? How yeah. many people, and it might not people that we know, but how many people on this planet won't wake up tomorrow? We're waking up tomorrow. That's a victory. So if you walk out, you move through the world like, yo, I already won. Why am I? I can't be mad. I already won. It's all downhill Facts. from here. You're, yes. Okay, good. All right, keep it moving. You mad? All right, bro. Like, let me know if I can help you in any kind of way, because I'm good. I'm having a good day, so it's like that that like just having that that just having a life where I'm actually living, I'm inspiring and I'm helping that's more than enough motivation for me.
0: That's absolutely amazing. I'm going to interrupt because I have to plug in my laptop really quick, and my sad space doesn't have a correct plug so bear, hips. bear with me there. i've been watching it drain i'm like i can make it i can make it and just said you're not making it. i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna have to plug in so give me one second before my computer dies <laughs> Alright, that's what Post is for, right? To fix everything? (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for your patience with that. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) So I was wondering, who inspires you? Like photographers, writers, people in general. Who inspires you?
1: Mm, Like just creatives in general. Um, I'm I'm an artist artist. Uh, I I like stand for artists. I adore artists. Uh, I, I usually don't my follow like specifically one artist oh my god I love everything that they do I just enjoy creativity Um, and not only just creativity but um, creativity creatives that uh, explain their process and their thoughts and like why they look at the world the way that that they do Um, of course there are luminaries like uh, Gordon Parks um, who I absolutely adore James Baldwin I I loved his work Vivian Meyer um, Stephen Colby I loved his work Um, Uh, I'm I'm really, I'm a big fan of actors and actresses like Helen Mirren, um, Octavia Spencer, I uh, love her work and uh, the old um, Jerry Lewis, I love Jerry Lewis, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., his work. Um, I I just love artists, like, like creatives in general. Um, that's, and that's one really, really great thing about social media is, is exposed me to all these just amazing artists in uh, different disciplines. You know, um, one of the great things uh, I love about living in Asia is Asia has a culture of mastery. So you'll find people who've been making swords for 50 years and people who have been doing uh, paper mache for fit their whole life. And, and you just, you, you're exposed to just creatives and just kind of triggers something in you as a creative. Like, oh man, this is what it's like. I, you know, I think I'm a very good photographer. I don't think I'm great yet. You know, I, I think it's like just a, a matter of that journey because I engage with so many amazing creatives constantly that i'm just constantly inspired to just do more and be better and try different techniques so general just artists i'm just inspired by all artists
0: that's awesome and you're mainly on instagram and youtube is that correct
1: yes instagram youtube but i'll be definitely doing a lot more writing uh and well starting next week actually i'm back on my blog so my blog was my number one medium for a while uh, and then I started to write so much for other publications and do ghost writing for books and whatnot that I just didn't have time to write for my own site and it kind of went by the wayside. So I've done an entire redesign and just updated it, changed changed the design, and I'll start be doing. I'll start to do other more narratives there, similar to what I do on Instagram now. Um, it's always the people always say like you write like mini blog posts like yeah that's just kind of the way i write things I, I can't do small writing everything i write is is in 500 words in my brain so i have to put it down somewhere so i definitely want to put it on my own real estate uh and i'll be doing a lot more uh expansive writing on my website but right now it's really uh my focus is youtube and instagram uh for visual stuff and then i'll be doing my blog for uh, written content
0: and not TikTok, and you recently posted something about nope. your concerns with TikTok. Do you mind just sharing your your thoughts about TikTok and that platform?
1: Yeah, I think I think I honestly believe TikTok at this point is really the probably the most problematic and negative space on social media. I, um, I, I believe it's just too unregulated, uncontrolled. Um, And I I just, I don't think the metaverse is much better, but at the very least, the metaverse, uh, there's a recency bias right now for me uh, because TikTok just hasn't been taken to task by any real uh, authority yet. Um, But they are currently under investigation for privacy issues. Um, And similar to what the metaverse has already paid billions in fines for to the EU and the States. Uh, Justice Department, I believe they ended up getting fined like $5 or something like that. But uh, TikTok is it's it's a place where misinformation thrives and recently uh, the the thing that I posted the other day was they finally exposed that um, certain exec uh, executives within TikTok were doing a thing called heating content so they're picking and choosing directly not an algorithm but individuals were picking the content to promote and push out some more people so certain things that went viral were actually planted and designed to, to be seen by as many people. They didn't report what that content was, but I have a funny feeling of what that content actually was, depending on what country you are in. So my, I have a deep mistrust for the Chinese government, uh, simply put. I, I have a long track list of things that I do not trust them, and we have seen how they control tech companies in that country. And the comp and ByteDance happens to be a Chinese company. I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. I just go based on what I see, um, actions of said company, of said government, and what's on the platform. And I just think TikTok is an extreme. It's just every single negative thing that people say about social media is magnified on TikTok. Privacy issues, body image, negative commentary, racism, big, all of that stuff is at a on TikTok and even though I just I know it's not going to go anywhere I know other platforms are not perfect I just refuse to participate in that at all to each their own but TikTok is a place that you just won't find me and I I think it's important you know, people get on me, like a lot of my colleagues tell me, I literally ended up having a, a back and forth with a good friend of mine for an hour about why I should get on TikTok. How would you kill it, you kill it on TikTok and you make all this money. Like money's not everything, man. Like I'm good, I, I don't need TikTok. My career, A, I've built a career that has, that is not reliant at all on social media. And B, I can see the negatives. Like when I personally open TikTok, I'm inundated with negativity. Like it's thrown at me no matter how I tailor my my feed or algorithm. It's just stuff I don't want to see. Constantly being fed and pushed down my throat. And I can imagine the young people or even the older people who, who it's part of their every day. It's part of their all day and what that does to their worldview and their psyche. So, again, I'm not defending Metaverse or YouTube but I think it's significant. The The problematic stuff is significantly less there. Um, and um, I think TikTok's just negative. Maybe if it changes vastly in the future, um, I might find myself uh, browsing it. But as of now, I want no, part, no participation in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I get that. And for you, what goals do you have for yourself for this upcoming year?
1: Travel more. Uh, <laughs> just explore a bit more. Um, I want to become a lot more consistent on creating uh, visual content. I definitely want to post more photography. I want to lean way more into photography. Uh, it got to the point where uh, photography was more more of a hobby again, if that makes any sense, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to my, my, my work uh, under COVID, uh, because obviously a travel journalist that can't travel wasn't, wasn't doing a lot and i want to definitely get it back to uh get back to the professional realm again i absolutely adore traveling around the world and taking uh photos uh and documenting different places different peoples different events um i definitely want to lean into youtube a lot more uh do a lot more work a lot more conversation on youtube uh engage and interact with that community a lot more um and i definitely want to see more places you know uh, i've had i've had a mission to go to every country in the world for a long time and i've been stuck at 95 since 2018 so it's like it's definitely time to kind of stuff that up a little bit. I want to finish up Europe and then make Australia and New Zealand number ninety nine and one hundred.
0: Nice, that's amazing. Now, if there's someone out there who's dreaming of a career like what you have to do, what you do, if there's a you know anyone out there, like what advice do you have for them?
1: Don't don't do it trying to be me. Or trying to be somebody else.
0: Uh,
1: I, I think you know we, we get uh, so we get so fascinated by the lives that people show us. Uh, you don't see the negatives of this life, um, uh, of the the backside. You know, uh, my my daily routine starts at six thirty a.m. I'm up and training for. I'm doing my cardio training. Then I come and I sit down at my computer. Um, Then I go through my meals throughout the day. Uh, After lunch at around 1.32 p.m., I'm back in the gym doing powerlifting training. Then I come home, and I'm right back at the computer, or I'm out on assignment, and I'm shooting. Then I come back, and by the time I get in in the evening, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm exhausted going to bed by 10 or 11 o'clock to get up in the morning to do it all over again. That's the side that people don't see. Uh, People don't see the lost luggage. Like I was just on a trip, and Qatar Airways broke one of my bags. Uh, and, it had, and it was a funny thing, it wasn't even my bag, it was a good friend of mine's bag. So I, was, I had to go through that whole process. Um, you know, cameras breaking, uh, different things getting wet, like the Panama City story, trying to find clients and jobs. So it, it's don't do it because you're trying to be somebody else. And I think that's why you see so many uh, young influencers get burned out because they're chasing, uh, they're chasing people who started 10, 15 years before they did. I, you should, oh, I, you know, I, I don't wake up with a million followers, I'm a failure. No, we just started way before you did. We just built up this, we built to this. And I don't think people are showing or telling people that. Um, and, and even the ones who are doing it, folks aren't listening because it's not glamorous or sexy. So do it and document your journey your adventure no matter where you're from you don't have to be from a marginalized community you don't have to be um, you know super rich you just tell your story because there's only one you and sometimes that'll bring you a million followers and a lot of money sometimes it will bring you 10,000 dedicated followers and a little money but it'll definitely if you show that commitment to it you're gonna be just fine and that's the key it's about that commitment that decision to move forward constantly moving forward to innovate to change to adjust and stay true to who you are as a person and your principles it's very easy to chase that easy money it's very simple it's like oh hey uh minority nomad you know we we have this weight loss supplement and i'm like but i'm a i'm a travel journalist why would i put this on my social media because we'll give you two thousand dollars uh no i'm good i i appreciate it so Stay true to who you are and yourself. Uh, Develop and get really good at something. Be really good at a thing, Uh, especially if you're young. Let's be clear, you will not be young, you will not be beautiful, you will not have money forever. You'll get in those positions where you have to rely on a skill set. At some point, you're gonna have to rely on being really good at something. Pick something, anything, to just be good and push yourself to be good at that thing and it just all comes down in the watch you know i yeah i'm really terrible at giving advice because people usually want these easy followable clickbait trap i'm not that person like i'm not going to sugarcoat it for you it's tough doing what i do that's why so few people do what i do especially for a decade but my gift has been that I never got into this for money, ever. I got into this to change the world, to change myself, to help people. If you come at this thing from a a, a perspective that you want to help as many people authentically, not some bullshit. I've seen a lot of people, all these gurus out here saying they want to help you. I'm like, bro, you're selling the course. Stop it, okay? (laughs) If you're coming at this authentically trying to help people, it's all gonna come out. People like like the vast majority of folks are gonna see that and they're gonna engage with that and they're gonna understand that and they're gonna appreciate it and support you however they can. It might be a dollar here, it might just be subscribing to a newsletter, it might be clicking something here, but in their way they're gonna support it. It might just be, hey, if you ever come to Bangkok, I'll show you around. People are gonna look out for you and support you. Um, the startup is the worst part, but the commitment and the dedication that's entirely on you so if i had to that's the advice i would give anybody is is really like you got to develop that discipline that structure that, that that control that's what gives you freedom discipline equals freedom
0: i love that that's amazing now if people want to find you read your work check out the blog that you're redoing check out your videos your photography where can they find you
1: Minority Nomad. Uh, just look. Uh, just type in Minority Nomad in Instagram, YouTube, um, uh, Google, and I'm going to definitely pop up. Uh, some of my stuff. Uh, I, I mentioned in National Geographic, Travel and Leisure, um, Business Insider, Lonely Planet, Forbes, uh, Eric Prince. So also, by the way, my name is Eric Prince, (laughs) (laughs) Eric Prince, the minority nomad. So, yeah, really. And, and, you know, if anybody has any questions or, or comments or gripes or anything, just, you know, hit me up on social media. And I generally respond to everybody unless you're kind of an asshole. And then I just ignore you and block you
0: that's amazing i know it's late there so i'm gonna let you go but thank you so much for your time and what a journey you've been on and i it just makes me want to work even harder to accomplish my goals so thank you so much
1: oh thanks for reaching out i'm glad we were able to put this together and i appreciate you getting up and and doing this you know we're like 12 hours difference (laughs) uh, So thank you so much for getting up early and having me on. i really appreciate it this is so much fun
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're so patient and kind when I'm like, how about 1 p.m.? And you're like, "Um, that's like 2 a.m. here. And I'm like, oh, that's right, you travel. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate you being flexible. So thank you so very much. Yeah, no problem. That was awesome. That's it for this episode with Eric Prince. On our next episode, we talk with Ed Fox, and this is a man who has been a successful entrepreneur since he was a teenager.
1: Risk adverse, and sometimes we just got to put ourselves out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you sell the shop, you said you went to Brisbane. Uh, What was next for you after that endeavor?
1: Well, in Brisbane, I was working uh, duty-free. Oh, before I went to Brisbane, I actually got involved in a multi-level called Amway and had been one of the most, the youngest, most successful builders of Amway in our organization in my part of the country and put like 800 people in my downline in the first four months. And I was a guy that didn't like to stand up in front of people and talk. I know that's hard to believe now, but back (laughs) in the day, I was the kid in eighth grade that hid in the library because I couldn't talk to anybody.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do follow us on your podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode is researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. Please remember to be kind to you and fill your cup up with love. When we are kind to ourselves, it makes it easier to be kind to others. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.